Hello and welcome. I'm Sophia Ruan Goucher, author of the book A to Z of Detoxing, The Ultimate Guide to Reducing Our Toxic Exposures, and now host of the Practical Non-Toxic Living Podcast, where I sit down with everyone from beekeepers to teachers, chefs to doctors, and all of the mothers, fathers, and children in between. Collectively, we'll learn tips and tricks for practical, non-toxic living. I look forward to sharing my humbling and never-ending journey with all of you. Chemicals Healthy Families Coalition represents more than 11 million individuals, including parents, health professionals, advocates for people with learning and developmental disabilities, reproductive health advocates, environmentalists, as well as businesses from across the nation. Safer Chemicals Healthy Families works hard to protect us from toxic chemicals by fighting to strengthen laws, working with retailers to phase out hazardous chemicals from the marketplace, and educating the public about how to protect our families from toxic chemicals. One campaign that you should know about is called Mind the Store, which ranks retailers based on their policies towards eliminating toxic chemicals from products that these retailers sell. You should check this out at retailerreportcard.com. The homepage of retailerreportcard.com shares this context. When we walk into a trusted store, we expect the products on the shelves to be safe. But toxic chemicals are hiding in everyday products all around us, from cleaning products and cosmetics to baby toys and electronics. Doctors are sounding the alarm. A growing body of science has linked exposure to toxic chemicals to health problems and diseases such as cancer, learning and developmental disabilities, and reproductive disorders. Although these chemicals come from multiple sources, many are present in the products we buy. It's time retailers put the interests of our family's health above the special interests of chemical corporations. Big retailers can innovate to reduce or eliminate toxic chemicals from the products they carry and safeguard our health. In December 2017, I had the opportunity to speak to the campaign director of Mind the Store, Mike Shade. In its second annual report card on toxic chemicals in consumer products, the Mind the Store campaign found that one-third of 30 major U.S. retailers are leaders in trying to sell safer products. While laws and therefore regulation in the U.S. can take an extraordinarily long time to change, our purchasing power and consumer voices can lead change much more quickly. To get started on how you can help, listen to my conversation with Mike to learn about which retailers you should support because they're implementing policies to protect you from toxic chemicals. I really enjoyed getting to know more about the retailer report card. I figure all the questions I have would reflect a lot of questions your average person would have. Yeah. But I didn't know about the retailer report card, so it was really wonderful to learn about it. Oh, terrific. Well, the timing is great with the holidays. You know, we think it's a useful tool for consumers to understand which retailers are leading and which are lagging when it comes to evaluating the safety of chemical ingredients and products that they sell for families. Yeah. And I, as someone who gets frustrated and demoralized by 
laws and policies that protect public health from the toxic mm-hmm. chemicals in our consumer products. It was wonderful to learn about your organization's efforts to pressure on retailers to make choices that will help protect families. So thank you so much for yeah. your work. Yeah, and well, thank you for the uh, opportunity to share it on your uh, on your podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. And yeah, so I've worked for Safer Chemicals Healthy Families for four years now. Part of that, I worked at the Center for Health, Environment, and Justice, which is a National Environmental Health Organization founded by Lois Gibbs, the uh, renowned leader of the fight at Love Canal, which was the first time in our nation's history when a community was uh, relocated due to toxic waste exposure. Uh, Lois was uh, the founder of our organization who led that community fight, uh, which led to the creation of the Federal Superfund Program. And uh, prior to that, I worked for a statewide environmental health advocacy organization up in Buffalo, where I worked with community-based organizations fighting the tail end of these problems, working to get uh, toxic waste sites cleaned up, fighting the siting of landfills and incinerators in upstate New York, and working to protect communities from environmental harm. So I've been working at the local, the state, and the national level for over 15 years now to safeguard public health and promote economic and environmental justice for communities and citizens around the country. And particularly over the past 10 years, I've been working on campaigns to hold corporations accountable and challenge big brands and major retailers to reduce and eliminate and phase out chemicals of concern in products and packaging. And for a number of those first years, I was working on chemicals and plastics, chemicals like phthalates and bisphenol A and PVC plastic when I was at CHJ. And over the past, uh, I think about four years now, I've been working at Safer Chemicals Healthy Families, where I coordinate the uh, the Mind the Store campaign. Great. And how old is the Mind the Store campaign? Uh, The campaign was launched almost Five years ago, the campaign was launched in the um, it was the winter or spring of uh, 2013, and the Mind the Store campaign was founded by Safer Chemicals Healthy Families. We're a, a coalition of hundreds of organizations, over 450 organizations that work to protect American families from dangerous chemicals. The coalition was founded to advocate for comprehensive chemical reform at the federal level. Recognizing that change is sadly slow in Washington, we uh, launched the Mind the Story campaign to challenge uh, large retailers to get tough on toxic chemicals. Recognizing that there are literally thousands of chemicals of concern that are commonly found in consumer products from cosmetics and cleaning products to plastic toys and food packaging and electronics. You know, we recognize that retailers have an important role to play in safeguarding public health. And, you know, if we look at some of the chemical crises that have come to public attention over the past 10 to 20 years, whether it was, you know, when we became aware that there were millions of toys being imported from Asia that were contaminated with high levels of lead, or when it was revealed that bisphenol A, EPA was showing up in products like baby bottles and sippy cups, uh, time and time again, it was retailers who took the first steps to phase out chemicals of concern. So, you know, we think that retailers not only have a fundamental moral responsibility, but they actually have a lot of power and influence to drive dangerous chemicals out of products and ensure that substitutes are safe. So we launched the Mind the Store campaign back in 2013 to challenge uh, retailers and encourage retailers to use their power and influence and develop more systemic approaches to chemical management 
to move away from the chemical of the month approach, only tackling one chemical in one product at a time to develop more comprehensive and systemic uh, approaches. Because if we take, if we challenge, if we work on these issues one chemical at a time, where you know this will take us literally hundreds or thousands of years to develop uh, comprehensive approaches. So we launched the Minus Tour campaign back in 2013 when we sent letters to the top 10 retailers in America, challenging them to get tough on toxic chemicals. And when we launched the campaign. We uh, identified a list of roughly 100 chemicals, what we called hazardous 100 chemicals that we called on retailers to reduce and eliminate. And uh, since we launched the campaign, we've seen a tremendous market movement away from chemicals of concern with big retailers like Target and Walmart stepping up and calling on their suppliers to reduce and eliminate bad actor chemicals and products like cleaning products and cosmetics that they sell. How has the response from retailers been from how has it evolved from 2013 to your more recent evaluation? You know, the first few years of the campaign, you know, at first, I would say within the first year, there was a tremendous amount of movement. Within a year of launching the campaign, both Target and Walmart announced fairly robust chemicals policies. It was funny, when we launched the campaign, we identified a list of over 100 chemicals that we wanted retailers to take steps to reduce and eliminate in products and packaging, chemicals like flame retardants and phthalates and PFAS chemicals and lead and uh, organotins and triclosan. And uh, when we when we started working on this, we were like, wow, you know, 100 chemicals, that feels like a lot, but it feels like it's a significant, significant place for retailers to begin. Uh, within a year of launching the campaign, both Target and Walmart adopted policies, and both companies actually identified much bigger lists of chemicals that they wanted their suppliers to reduce and eliminate. Target had a list of over 1,500 chemicals that they flagged for their suppliers to reduce and eliminate. And Walmart identified a list of over 2,700 priority chemicals and then a list of 16 high-priority chemicals. And uh, at the time, while they flagged two groups of chemicals, they they decided to first, Walmart decided to first start with this shorter list, what they call their high-priority chemicals. Since then, over the past four-plus years, Walmart has successfully reduced the use of these high-priority chemicals by 96% by weight, which translates to a reduction of over 23 million pounds of chemicals of concern. So we've definitely seen some proactive leadership last year. And, you know, over the years, we've not only seen Target and Walmart move, but we've seen companies like Home Depot and Lowe's ban phthalates and Florence. We've seen companies like Ashley Furniture and Macy's eliminate flame retardants and furniture. And uh, last year in 2016, we thought it would be an important moment to step back and take a look at what progress had been made, what challenges remain, and where are the opportunities for innovation. So last year, we published our first ever report card ranking the nation's top retailers. And unfortunately, a number of companies last year received failing grades, including Amazon, uh, Albertsons, and Costco. The, uh, the average grade for those 11 retailers we ranked last year was a, was a D plus. And we just published a new report card ranking these same retailers again, as well as a bigger list of retailers. And the good news is that of the retailers that we evaluated both last year and this year, we've seen substantial improvements that have been made. Again, last year, the average grade for 11 retailers was a D plus. And uh, this year, the average grade for those 11 retailers has jumped from a, a D plus to a C. And over the past year, seven out of 11 retailers that we ranked have come out with either major new safer chemicals policies or significant improvements to their chemical management programs. Companies like Albertsons, Best Buy, Costco, CVS, uh, Home Depot, Target, and Walmart have all uh, released new safer chemicals policies or initiatives 
And this clearly shows that the impact that our campaign is having, as well as how retailers are responding to rising consumer demand for safe and healthy products. And in addition to those companies, we're also seeing some other companies like uh, Walgreens and Amazon beginning to develop safer chemicals programs. So we're definitely seeing positive movement, but clearly more work is still needed given how prevalent chemicals of concern are still commonly found in everyday products that we bring into our homes. And do you find among the leaders, I know in your most recent retailer report card, there were seven retailers that received a grade of at least a B going up to an A. Among the leaders, what motivates them to enact these chemical policies to sell safer products? Is it just they want to do the right thing? Probably. And or is it also they feel like it's a marketing advantage? In which case, consumers should support these retailers that are trying to offer us safer products? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And that's definitely something we've been, you know, thinking a lot about. You know, we think that there's a number of important drivers for safe and healthy products, one of which is the role that consumers have to play. You know, increasingly we're seeing shoppers, you know, they they increasingly want to know what is in the products that they buy for themselves and their children and their families and their babies. So increasingly, we're hearing that especially female shoppers are demanding increased transparency about the ingredients that go into the products, increased transparency for the ingredients that, the, that go into the products that they use on a daily basis, the, the shampoos, the conditioners, the makeup, you know, the, the products that they take care of their, their children with. So consumer demand is definitely playing an important role. When we talk to retailers like CVS, you know, they're saying that they're hearing from their customers. This past year, CVS announced that they were reformulating nearly 600 of their own private label products for chemicals of concern, eliminating chemicals like parabens and phthalates and formaldehyde donors. And what they said to us, it was not just, you know, NGOs like us asking them to change, but they were saying that they were clearly hearing this from their customers. So consumer, customer demand, I can't tell you how how powerful we are as consumers to drive demand among brands and retailers. Although, you know, in addition to that, there's a strong business case in addition to that consumer demand, one of which is the increasing regulatory climate. Increasingly, we're seeing states are stepping up, introducing laws, restricting chemicals of concern, or pushing for disclosure. You know, in the past year alone, we've seen states like Rhode Island and Maine pass laws banning flame retardants and furniture. Past couple of months, we saw the state of California enact legislation requiring disclosure of chemicals and cleaning products. The federal government, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, just announced that they had accepted an NGO petition and that they were recommending that manufacturers eliminate flame retardants and products like kids' products, electronics, and furniture. So there's a growing regulatory environment at the state level, a little bit at the national level, although that is slowing down in our political climate, but also at the international level. So if you're a retailer and you have to sell a product in, you know, 50 different states and 10 of those states have different laws on the books regulating chemicals, you know, you want to get ahead of that regulatory curve and you want to know, okay, five years down the road, what are the chemicals that may be restricted in states? So companies see a a market advantage to getting ahead of the regulatory curve by anticipating what chemicals may be restricted down the road. In addition to that, we're also seeing uh, there's some strong financial drivers as well. For companies that are not properly managing chemicals and products, if you have a customer that, you know, returns a product, 
say, like a household cleaning product like bleach, and you don't properly dispose of that, you can be fined for improper disposal of hazardous waste. And we've seen some retailers like Walmart find tens of millions of dollars for not properly disposing of chemically intensive product. And then in addition, we're also seeing that if you're selling a product that violates a law, for example, if you sell kids products that may contain lead, that may be in violation of a, a law like Prop 65 or the uh, CKSIA, you can be fined by, say, an attorney general or a class action lawsuit. So increasingly, we're seeing there's growing uh, financial liabilities for companies that are not managing chemicals in their supply chain. We see that there are regulatory liabilities and then also reputational dangers. And if you just look at the case of lumber liquidators, their stock plunged after it was discovered that the flooring that they sold was uh, laden with formaldehyde. So retailers see, you know, definitely see a, a market advantage to getting ahead of these challenges and taking more precautionary or preventive approach by taking a look at, okay, what, what are the chemicals of concern that are in the products that we're selling? What are the steps that we can take to, to identify them, but then to reduce and eliminate them? And perhaps most importantly, ensure that substitutes are safe. So, and then, and then I guess the final driver is the, you know, the growing body of science that has found that exposure to even low levels of chemicals in everyday products are contributing to an epidemic of diseases in our communities, diseases like cancer, infertility, asthma, uh, learning developmental disabilities. It's also, I think, you know, retailers are seeing that the science is growing stronger and stronger, showing that exposure to chemicals in everyday products is contributing to our exposure to harmful chemicals that uh, especially for vulnerable populations like fetus in the womb or pregnant women, uh, even low-level exposures at a critical window of exposure can, can pose lifelong dangers. So it's really these confluence of factors that are really, we think, driving retailers to innovate and to improve and to develop robust safer chemicals policies. And then, of course, they're also responding to the campaigning and pressure that we're bringing to bear through our Mind Story campaign by in part by benchmarking and ranking retailers against one another. I don't think any retailer that we ranked last year was happy that got an F or a D grade. So clear to us that by ranking retailers, we're incentivizing them to improve and develop more comprehensive safe chemicals policies to protect their customer base. Absolutely. I'm so grateful you're creating this accountability and providing this transparency. I also wonder what impact the fact that Europe has become very organized and progressive in regulating chemicals, that must make it much easier for companies to develop their own chemical policy. I don't know, among your leading retailers in the retailer report card, I don't know what portion sells internationally. I mean, Apple for sure, and I know they have yeah. an A, but I imagine in trying to sell to the European market, they have to, in meeting those stricter standards, the rest of the world benefits. Yeah, regulations around the world are definitely driving companies to develop innovative, safer chemicals products and sustainable product policies. You know, in Europe, programs like REACH and ROS, which is the restrictions on hazardous substances and electronics, initiatives like these are definitely a huge driver. And uh, certainly, I think that has been a big motivating factor in part for companies like IKEA and Apple to develop uh, innovative, safer chemicals programs. Both Apple and IKEA were two of our highest scoring companies of the 30 that we evaluated. Apple received an A grade, as you mentioned. IKEA came in with a B plus. Um, and it's interesting, those, even those European policies are not only an important driver for companies that sell a lot of products in Europe, but they're also increasingly being seen as 
a way for U.S.-based retailers to understand, you know, what are the hot button issues that five, ten years from now we need to we need to get out of ahead of. So, you know, if you if you just take a look at the the question of phthalates and kids' toys, the European Union banned phthalates and kids' toys back in 1999. It took here in the United States almost 10 years for the U.S. to catch up. Back in 2008, Congress and and President George W. Bush signed legislation banning phthalates and toys. So a lot of times, retailers and brands will look at, okay, what are chemicals being regulated in Europe to understand what are the chemicals that we need to be thinking about now? And if you look at some of the policies of some of these retailers that that we've graded and ranked, a number of them actually include lists of chemicals that are restricted in Europe on the list of chemicals that they're restricting in the United States, because they recognize that the EU is way ahead of us, or probably ahead of us by at least 10 to 20 years, about a generation. And, uh, you know, they know that it's only a matter of time before these chemicals get restricted here in the U.S. in a state or eventually by the federal government. So that's why companies like Walmart and, uh, and Target, for example, have flagged chemicals being restricted in Europe. So that's definitely an important driver. And uh, when we launched our campaign back in 2013, chemicals that were being restricted in Europe were definitely among the chemicals that we evaluated as we developed our hazardous 100 list. Uh, we basically looked at what is the overlap between chemicals being restricted in Europe? Where is that overlap with chemicals being flagged as concern in states here in the U.S. by states like Maine and Washington and with the EPA? And so definitely we, we often look to the European Union for inspiration. And, and, and certainly that's been a big driver for some of these international firms. Sadly, though, in contrast, you know, far too many retailers remain serious laggards. I mean, in our investigation, while we did find that there was a substantial improvement from the retailers that we evaluated last year to to today, the average grade, again, jumped from a D plus to a C for those 11 retailers. And, you know, like I mentioned, seven major retailers have announced major improvements. In contrast, far too many remain laggards. Uh, Two-thirds of the retailers that we evaluated in our report received D or F grades. So clearly there's a lot of room for opportunity. And that's one of the reasons why our campaign exists is to encourage and incentivize those companies that are lagging behind to catch up and to join the growing market movement for safer and healthier and more transparent products. So I'd love to sort of peel back some layers to understand how this can help, this retailer report card can help me make healthier choices when I am shopping at a store that received a good grade. So for example, the retailer with the highest grade on the list is Apple. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, what does that really mean? I assume it means they've been thoughtful of the chemical flame retardants used in the the electronics. Is that right? Or does it mean anything I buy at Apple, I should feel comfortable with, including accessories? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So the, the way that we evaluate companies it's fairly complex. I mean, we have a scoring system across 14 key criteria. We score companies based on questions like, do they have a policy in place? Uh, do they have steps to ensure that, do they take steps to ensure that their suppliers are in compliance with their policy? Do they encourage or require suppliers to disclose ingredients to them? Have they taken action to reduce or eliminate chemicals of concern? Do they 
have a process to evaluate the safety of alternatives. And it goes on and on. And folks can go to our website at retailerreportcard.com to see how these different companies compare and contrast across our 14 criteria. Uh, We based our evaluation uh, on publicly available information, and then we give companies an opportunity to review their score and either disclose additional information or make new commitments. So you can go to retailerreportcard.com, and if you click through to the Apple page, you can actually see how Apple scores across our 14 criteria. And, you know, for most, in most of the areas, they've actually made pretty substantial progress across our 14 criteria. That's not to say that there's not still room for improvement, especially given that, you know, if you think about the supply chain for electronics, it's incredibly complex. And, you know, for any one specific product that you buy from Apple, you know, that probably contains hundreds, if not thousands of ingredients and suppliers that go into making any one product. And uh, so that's not to say that there's still not remaining challenges in their manufacturing, but of the major electronics brands that are out there, Apple has done just about more than any other major brand to take action on chemicals of concern in their products. They've taken action, for example, to reduce and eliminate bad actor chemicals like brominated flame retardants, PVC plastic, and phthalates. One of the things that I think is really interesting about Apple is that they have uh, what they call a full material disclosure initiative, uh, where they require their suppliers, their private label suppliers, to disclose the entire chemical composition, including chemicals that are intentionally added, as well as known impurities and residuals that may be in the parts, components, and materials that are in the products. And they, so far, have evaluated 20,000 out of 40,000 components in their products. So they haven't gotten to 100% full material disclosure, but they've made major progress. And I think that's an example of a company that is really doing a great job to try to understand what is actually in the materials and the chemicals that go into the products that they make and use that their suppliers give to them. An area where Apple can improve is around things like the accessories that they sell in their stores. You mentioned accessories. To date, their policy has primarily focused on their own private label products, the products that they have direct control over, the you know the MacBook Air or the iPhone. They haven't focused, focused as much on some of the accessories, the brand name products that they sell in Apple stores. So that's an area where they certainly can improve, but certainly of the retailers that we evaluated, Apple received the highest rank of of 30 major retailers. They received 103 out of 135 possible points. And it was really interesting, you know, to learn how seriously Apple takes this issue, especially compared to some other retailers and brands that that are out there. Why do you think they take it more seriously than most? You know, that's, that's a good question. I think, you know, one of which is Apple has such a beloved brand. So people that, you know, that are Apple users or that, you know, buy Apple products, which includes myself, you know, they tend to really, I think that consumers have somewhat of a special relationship with Apple products. And so Apple as a company recognizes that their customers really care about, you know, their products. They view it as kind of special. So I think that Apple recognizes that if they're not on top of these issues, they could they could be subject to pretty rigorous either critiques or campaigning from media organizations or NGOs. And in fact, about 10 years ago, Greenpeace ran a campaign called Green My Apple, which was a campaign 
challenging Apple to take responsibility for the environmental health impacts of their supply chain. So I certainly think that that was, I think that coupled with the, the brand liabilities that Apple faces has really motivated them to develop a world-class safer chemicals program for a major electronic electronics brand and retailer. Clearly, you know, we think that it it serves as an important model for other major manufacturers and retailers of electronics and other formulated household products. So yeah, I think it's really that brand vulnerability that has been an important driver, coupled with the fact that they have been a target of NGO campaigns in uh, in years past. And you know, at the same time, I think that the people that work at Apple that we've met with, they really want to try to do the right thing. I mean, I, I genuinely think that people that work in the sustainability department and in the chemistry division within Apple, they are really trying to ensure that they can source the, the safest or safer ingredients as possible. So I definitely give them kudos. And, you know, and I encourage consumers to, you know, check out our report card at retailreportcard.com and you can click through to learn how Apple fares across our criteria. And again, this is not to say that, you know, they're perfect by any means. There's still plenty of opportunities and challenges that, that they can improve upon. And, you know, we're, we're really looking forward to seeing how uh, we can collaborate with Apple to continue to improve in the years to come. You know, in contrast, we think that there's opportunities for other major retailers of electronics, companies like Amazon, for example, to catch up. Certainly, I think a company like Amazon can learn a lot from Apple, uh, particularly in the how Amazon addresses the, the sourcing of chemicals and plastics and ingredients for their own private label products that they make. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why we have our campaign and publish this report as a way to kind of compare and contrast uh, companies that are leaders, compare and contrast those that are lagging behind and identify opportunities for improvement. We don't take any joy out of giving any company a low grade, a D or an F. And, you know, we're hopeful by grading companies and calling them out publicly that will help motivate brands and retailers to innovate and improve and meet the rising consumer demand for radical transparency, safe and healthy products. Well, I think this retailer report card is so helpful and it's definitely reprioritizing where I shop. So just yeah, taking that's great to hear. Just taking <laughs> drugstores, for example, I have three different options within a block of where I live. And mm. because of this retailer report card, I'm now going to shop at CVS as much as I can. And I was relieved to hear that Whole Foods got a, a pretty good grade of a B plus. And because um, I also yeah. spend a lot there. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if their private label options are maybe safer because they do have more control over the supply chain. Do you have an opinion on whether a retailer that does have a private label, if that tends to be a safer bet, if you're not really sure, like say at Whole Foods, I mean, I know they have food products that are private label, like olive oil and butter. I don't know about personal care products like lotions, but in general, would you say it might be a safer bet to go with a Whole Foods brand? I, I definitely would say so. Yeah, I mean, they have a pretty extensive product evaluation criteria for both their cleaning products as well as their personal care or body care products. They have what they call an eco scale rating system, and then they also have their body care quality standards for their cleaning products. They actually have a rating system of red, orange, or yellow, and so they have different scales by which 
you know, some of these products are rated. So those that are, of course, rated more favorably have a greater list of chemicals that are restricted in them. So, for example, if you look at a cleaning product that is yellow rated, sold by Whole Foods, there are 134 chemicals that are banned. If you look at a green rated cleaning product sold by Whole Foods, there are 326 chemicals that are banned, almost twice as many. In the case of personal care products, they also evaluate ingredients in their personal care products. And they have a more stringent standard called their premium body care line of products for personal care where they restrict over 400 ingredients. So Whole Foods has actually developed a pretty impressive program to evaluate ingredients in their beauty, personal care, and cleaning products. And from my recollection, I'm not 100%, but I'm, I'm almost certain that this that their criteria applies to both the private label as well as the brand name products that they sell. It's been a little bit since I've looked at their criteria, but uh, folks go to retailreportcard.com. You can, one of my colleagues was the one that did the evaluation for Whole Foods, which is why I don't 100% remember whether or not it applied to brand name, but certainly they have very stringent standards for their private label cleaning and personal care products. And I definitely would feel pretty good about shopping there. You know, for a lot of retailers, we do see that private label is an area where they can begin. And certainly, you know, now that Whole Foods has been acquired by Amazon, you know, we're, we're hopeful that Amazon will take a close look at how Whole Foods evaluates ingredients in their private label cleaning product, as well as their private label beauty and personal care products, and looks, and looks at ways that Amazon could incorporate that into the private label products that they sell, because... Amazon as a company has been developing their own line of private label products that they've been slowly rolling out over the past. They've been increasingly rolling them out in recent years from laundry detergents to clothing to even electronics. So, you know, one piece of good news that's in our report, among others, is that Whole Foods not only was one of the top scoring companies that we evaluated, but Amazon is now developing a safer chemicals policy for the first time. And given the fact that Amazon has acquired Whole Foods. We, we, we're really interested in looking at how could Amazon learn from Whole Foods. And then at the same time, how could other grocery chains learn from companies like Whole Foods? So, you know, some of the largest grocery chains in America include Kroger and Albertsons and Ahol Del Hayes, who owns a number of stores around the country like Stop and Shop. So how can those companies learn from a Whole Foods? And again, this is one of the reasons why we like to publish this report as a way to kind of incentivize companies that compete with one another to look at, okay, we got an S, one of our biggest competitors got a B, what are they doing that we're not doing and how can we improve so that next year when the Mind the Store campaign publishes their report card, we, you know, we can, you know, we can find ways to improve. And one of the things that I think is really useful about this report is you can actually click through and actually go, you know, look at companies in a sector, whether it's grocery stores or drugstores, you mentioned, and see how different companies compare and contrast with one another so that we really make it easier for consumers to understand who are the leaders and who are the laggards in any one key product space. Yeah, this transparency is, I'm just blown away because this wasn't an option when I first became a mother and started to become concerned. And I was so, there was just no way to navigate our consumer products to identify safer options. And this is tremendously helpful. You know, I I personally shop at Whole Foods all the time and I love Whole Foods and I'm really excited to see them continue to, to lead in this space. And Hope to see other major uh, grocery chains 
even Trader Joe's catch up. Trader Joe's was a company that, in contrast, got a pretty poor score, sadly, and we're hopeful that that this uh, evaluation will incentivize Trader Joe's to improve. Well, it should. This is again, this is hugely helpful, and consumers can help put the pressure on retailers by letting retailers know that consumers appreciate what the leaders are doing and and let the laggards know that consumers care and we do want for retailers to offer safer products and ban the more dangerous ones. Absolutely. How else can consumers help support what you're doing? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. You know, one easy way that folks can support this effort is to go to the website and click the Act Now button and take action. We've set up a really easy email petition that one can go to and you just fill out the little form with your contact information and by a click of a button, you'll immediately send an email to all 30 of the retailers that we evaluated, encouraging them to continue to improve and encourage them to consider the recommendations that we have developed in a report card. And I can't tell you how powerful that can be. I mean, just in the past couple of weeks, over 12,000 people have taken action through our website, calling on America's top retailers to step up on toxic chemicals. And time and time again, we hear from companies that the reason that they're, you know, they developed a policy or initiative is because they're hearing that from their customers. I mean, the companies that we shop at, they really do care what we think. I used to be a pessimist. and I was like, oh, these big corporations, they don't care. You know, they're greedy, which, you know, is often true, but they do really listen to what we have to say because it's a very, it's an incredibly competitive space, especially with companies like Amazon coming in and uh, eating up market share. So these retailers really care what we all think. So the more that we can speak to them, it's really important. Another way you can help out is by sharing content on social media. So we actually have it set up so that you can go to our website. You can easily share content on Facebook and Twitter. That's really a great way to help out. And if there's a certain company that you shop at and you don't like their score or you'd like to thank them, you can actually go to any one company's uh, grade and you can actually immediately send them a tweet. And that's another really great way that you can help out. And then finally, next time you go shopping, ask to speak to the store manager and tell them why this is, why this is an issue that matters to you as a consumer, whether you're a grandmother or whether you're a dad or whether you're pregnant and expecting your first baby. You know, it can be really powerful just to have a conversation with the store manager and let them know why you care about toxic chemicals and the products and packaging that you buy for your family and how you'd like to see that company to either continue to improve or to catch up and to join the growing market movement towards safer chemicals and healthier products. So really, you know, raising your voice is really an incredible way that you can get involved and you can also get involved by just going to our website and signing up and taking action. And that again, really powerful way to send a message to all 30 retailers. And again, over 12,000 people have taken action and we're really hopeful to grow those numbers. Well, this conversation has left me so much more optimistic about our consumer choices. I'm wondering, how is your level of optimism towards stronger laws? Depends on, uh, you know, what year one asks that question, right? If you ask me that question, you know, maybe uh, last September, I think I would probably have a different answer than I have right now, just given where we are at politically at the federal level. At the state level, I am incredibly optimistic. You know, states are really the laboratories of democracy, and 
you know, with the federal government asleep, asleep at the wheel when it comes to protecting American families and consumers from dangerous chemicals and the products we sell, cities and states, cities and states are increasingly stepping up to fill this regulatory void that we have at the federal level and enacting uh, new laws that increase the transparency about chemicals and ingredients and products and also steps states are stepping up to restrict some of the worst of the worst chemicals that we find in products and even in states that are controlled by republicans i mean this is really we don't view this as a bipartisan issue you know cancer affects everyone whether you're a democrat or a republican at the federal level via the trump administration the trump epa has a very anti-regulatory approach to chemicals management and they've really been turning back the clock when it comes to looking at ways in which the federal government addresses chemicals. So we worked for years to get Congress to pass new legislation. It was uh, passed by both houses last year, signed into law by President Obama. Since January, or since then, I should say, the EPA has begun to implement this new law. Last year, right before the Obama EPA left office, they announced uh, that they were proposing to restrict some of the worst of the worst chemicals on the market, chemicals that are known to cause cancer, like methylene chloride, which is a known human carcinogen, which is found in products like paint strippers. They also propose to regulate um, NMP, which is a, a reproductive toxic and also found in paint strippers. And these are really bad actor chemicals. Their methylene chloride is, in fact, deadly. Uh, there was just a, a mom who lost her son in Tennessee earlier this year, back in June, from using uh, methylene chloride-based paint strippers. It's a deadly product um, because it, it can actually kill you if, if, if inhaled at sufficient levels. So, you know, we were really happy when the, when the EPA announced, proposed restricting these chemicals and paint strippers last year. Right now, it's really uncertain whether or not the EPA is going to move forward um, on these restrictions. Since January, I think something like over 60,000 American citizens and families have contacted EPA supporting this proposed ban. And right now the EPA is considering whether or not to move forward on that. So I would say that we're really concerned. That's why we think it's more important than ever for retailers to step up and enact sensible protections to safeguard children's and public health from, from harmful chemicals. You know, and we think it's really a critical moment for retailers to step up. For someone who is listening, who is kind of new to this idea of toxic chemicals in our consumer products. From your perspective, yeah. what are two or three easy ways they can enter this path of trying to make more mindful choices that are healthier for them? Right. Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, you know, certainly it's, there are important challenges given how chemicals of concern are widespread in products that you buy for families. Um, a couple of bad actor ones to look out for. I would say one, take a close look at the uh, cleaning products that you that you buy for your families and shop for cleaning products that meet credible third party standards. Standards like Safer Choice, Made Safe, and EWG verified. Those are important standards that you can use to, to, to find safer products for your safer cleaning products for your family. Especially the EPA Safer Choice program. I mean, it's a really strong third-party program, and we're increasingly seeing it on the label of uh, products sold by retailers all across the country. Even, even companies like Walmart or Amazon and Amazon are selling EPA's Safer Choice certified products. Two, I would say, 
Uh, avoid toxic flame retardants whenever possible. Uh, these are chemically, chemicals that uh, are commonly added to products with foam, and they're sometimes found in certain infant and children's products, like car seats, for example, and infant products that have polyurethane foam in it. So if you're shopping for infant or children's products, reach out to the manufacturer or retailer and ask them whether or not uh, those products contain flame retardants. Uh, the same is true for furniture. If you're going to be buying furniture for your family, look on the label. If you look at the back of the furniture, it should have a label on it, and it should tell you whether or not it contains added flame retardants. And if it does, I would avoid that product and reach out to the manufacturer and express your disappointment. And then the third, I would say, is avoid the plastics of greatest concern. There are some plastics that we're really concerned about. Two of the worst are polystyrene, the number six plastic, and polyvinyl chloride, the number three plastic. Those are two of the most toxic plastics on the market. So if you're buying something, ask the company if it's plastic, if it contains PVC or polystyrene. And then if it does, I would avoid uh, shopping for those products. So those are three steps that you can take to you know, begin going down the path of safeguarding yourself from chemicals of concern in everyday uh, products. And there's certainly more steps you can take. And I think that uh, influencers uh, like yourself can really play an important role in educating consumers about simple steps we all can take to protect our families from exposure to unnecessary dangerous chemicals and, and products. And then the other thing I would say is, again, I don't, you know, while we are, there are important steps we can take, we can't shop our way out of this problem. And that's why we think it's critical for retailers to step up and use their power and influence to uh, get poisonous chemicals out of products that they, they, they sell to, to us and our families. Great. Well, thank you, Mike, so much for this conversation and for the work that you do to protect our environment and public health. Yeah, thank you. And thank you so much for the opportunity and really appreciate all the work that you're doing to inspire and educate and motivate families and consumers to make smarter and healthier choices for their families. So thank you for all the great work you do to protect public health and empower consumers to uh, live healthier lives. Thanks for tuning in. Join me on my journey for practical, non-toxic living. Register to enter my detox community at www.nontoxicliving.tips where you can find podcast show notes, links, and additional free information about practical non-toxic living. That's www.nontoxicliving.tips. Until next time.